Welcome to another podcast from Faith Baptist Church of Gulfport, Mississippi. Recorded Sunday morning, July 9, 2023. Song specials for this morning's service include FBC Choir singing His Life for Mine, followed by FBC Choir with Run to the Cross, and finally Jonathan Carr and the Boys with God Will Provide. Today's sermon is preached by Pastor Dan Carr Sr. and is titled Pleasing God. He's preaching it out of the text of Hebrews chapter 11 verses 1 to 6. We hope that today's message brings you closer to the will of God. Thank you for listening, and God bless.
And when Abraham raised up his hand to take his child's life, in his heart he must have wondered why. Sometimes God will take us to unexpected places, but in every situation we will find God will survive beyond what we imagine, so much more than we can fathom. He will supply, God will provide when we trust in Him completely. Father's only son was offered as a priceless gift of faithfulness and love. Amidst the cry of all mankind, God reached down from above and covered us with Christ's atoning blood. No matter what your need is, God will always meet it. 
I know His grace will always be enough. God will provide beyond what we imagine, so much more than we can fathom. He will supply, God will provide when we trust in Him completely. Take each step, believing like a child, God will provide beyond what we imagine, so much more than we can fathom. He will supply, God will provide when we trust in Him completely. of in the back of your Bible, pretty close to Revelation, uh, the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, very familiar uh, chapter in the Bible. We call it the Hall of Fame of Faith because there's so many listed in that chapter uh, about their faith in God and what they did for God through faith. Hebrews chapter 11, if you found your place there, and if you're able, why don't we stand? I'll read out loud. We're in the book of uh, Hebrews chapter number 11, okay? They say the men make the coffee, right? The men make the coffee, Hebrews, all right? You'll catch that tomorrow, all right? <laughs> Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtain a good report. Uh, through faith we understand uh, that the worlds were framed by the Word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead, yet speaketh. By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death. I, I personally believe that Enoch is a good type or a good picture of the rapture. Uh, he, he did not die. He went up and, uh, without death. And, and then you have the flood, uh, Noah, which I think is a good picture of the tribulation period. But nevertheless, by faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found. You remember? It was not found because God had translated him. For before this translation, watch this, he had this testimony that he what? That he pleased God. He had this testimony, this is talking about Enoch, that he did what? What did he do? That he pleased God. I want to preach to you on the subject, pleasing God. 
Our Father, we love you. We want to please you. I want to please you this morning. You are my Heavenly Father. And uh, Lord, I want to please you. And God, I pray you'd help us. We'd listen. And God, we'd listen carefully. We'd listen on purpose. And uh, God, that you would uh, meet with us. And uh, we're going to thank you and praise you for what you're going to do. For it's in Jesus' name we do pray and ask it all. Amen. You may be seated. I appreciate your patience there. The word please. Pleased means to like or to satisfy. So the Bible says that God was satisfied. God uh, was satisfied with Enoch. That Enoch pleased God. I want to make this statement. You don't have to agree with it. You don't have to amen it. But I, I, I believe this is true. I believe this is true. Listen carefully. To have the whole world, to have the whole world pleased with you and God not pleased with you or would it be better to have God pleased with you and the whole world not pleased? Think about that statement. Now, let's suppose the whole world was satisfied with you. The whole world was pleased with you but God wasn't. Or over here, the whole world the whole world is not pleased with you, but God is. Which would you choose? Now, I know, I know what you would probably say Sunday morning at 11.34, whatever it is. And uh, I know that you, you would probably say that, okay? And, and it's a lot of things we say that it's easy to say. But, but would you rather please God versus the, the, the whole world, okay, uh, which, which would you rather have, okay? I hope, and I would pray, that I would choose to please God. To please God, to satisfy God, that, that God would like, okay? And, and so is God, is God pleased with how I'm living? Is God satisfied with my marriage? Is God satisfied? Is, uh, uh, is God pleased with my prayer life? Is God pleased with my giving? Is God pleased with my witnessing? Is God pleased with my church attendance? Is God uh, pleased with my service to Him? Is God pleased with my lifestyle? Is God pleased with my dedication? And uh, the Bible says, you, know, you can't please God. You, you can please God. Matter of fact, it may be sometimes easier to please God than others. Some of you probably would say, I, I think it's easier to please God than the pastor, okay? And, uh, but Enoch, watch this, Enoch, the Bible says that he, what did he do? That he had this testimony that he pleased God. And so I want to move quickly. This is kind of a sermon I, I personally don't kind of like because the way I outlined it, I have a lot of points and uh, it's hard to remember all that and, and, and you're not going to remember it all for sure. And, and uh, it's just it's a lot here, okay? But I'm going to try to stay with it, okay? Number one, the benefits of pleasing God. What are the benefits uh, of pleasing God? Now watch it. It makes a life more prepared for death. 
The Bible says about Enoch before his translation that he had this testimony that he pleased God. So before Enoch was taken out, he had the testimony that, that he pleased God. But wouldn't you kind of agree with this this morning? That, I mean, it would it'd be, you know, as far as death is concerned, it would be a, a lot better to face it with a testimony that's pleasing God than a testimony not pleasing God. Would you agree with that statement? I'd much rather uh, face God with a life that is pleasing God than a life that is not pleasing God. So what are the benefits of pleasing God? Number one, it makes a life more prepared for death. Uh, I think about the rich man in Luke 12 that, you know, said, I got all this uh, stuff and I'll tear down these barns and I'm going to build greater barns. And, you know, he lived a life pleasing himself. And God said, thou fool, uh, this night thy soul shall be required. Of thee. He was not prepared for death. Why? He wouldn't live in a life that was pleasing to God. I want to make this statement. I don't know if there's a greater thing you could say about somebody than that they're living a life that's pleasing God. Regardless of what the world has to think or anybody else has to think, I want a life that is pleasing to God. May I say number two, it gives a good testimony of Christ to others. A life, a Christian life that is pleasing to God. That gives a good testimony. Watch this. Enoch uh, had this testimony uh, that he pleased God. It gives a good testimony when you and I are, are living a life that is pleasing to God. I want you to see this one. Go to 1 John. Those two were in, in our text. But watch this one, okay? Go to 1 John. You're right there by it. And uh, 1 John uh, chapter number 3. Just a few pages over in, in my Bible. And uh, 1 John 3.22. Listen to this. And why server we ask... We receive of him because we keep his commandments, okay, and do those things that are what? Pleasing in his sight. Do you know it puts you in a good position to have your prayers answered when you're living a life that is pleasing to God? Now, maybe your attitude is you don't care if God uh, answers your prayers or not. But I'm just telling you, uh, it puts you in a good position to have your prayers answered when you are living a life that is pleasing to God. You see that? Uh, I don't understand this verse. There's more here uh, in this verse that I'm about to read that that I could explain to you. Matter of fact, it probably raises more questions than I have answers. But I'm going to use it anyway. In in Proverbs 16, in verse 7, it says, When a man's ways please the Lord, he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him. Now, again, I, I don't understand all of that verse. I got some thoughts. I've heard others preach from that text and, and you know, different ways about who the enemy is. And I, and I got that, and the, you know, the, the, the enemy could be various things instead of a person. You know, that when a man's pleased the, the Lord, uh, when his ways please the Lord, he maketh even his enemies to, to be at peace with him. The enemy could be the wheelchair uh, that you have been confined to. And, and that when, you're, when your ways please uh, uh, the Lord, that uh, uh, you, you make peace with that enemy, the, the wheelchair. And, and there's a lot of good thoughts that could come out of that verse. But let me make it simple. I'm just a simple preacher. Uh, let me say this. When you please the Lord, it affects your enemies. Now, you know what I mean? We could cut that a lot of ways. We could debate it. I, I've heard it preached a lot of ways. But here's what I do got nailed down. That when you and I, when, I, when, when our ways please the Lord, it's going to affect our enemies. Yeah. 
Okay, it's going to affect our enemies. So, I mean, there's a lot of benefits. I'm trying to start with this because I want, I want you to get a little hungry this morning, a little thirsty to, to leave here today to say, hey, I want to live a life that is pleasing to God. I want to live a life uh, that is pleasing to God. It, it'll make your, your life more prepared for death. It'll, it'll give a good testimony to those that are around you. It, it, you'll get in a good position to, to have your prayers answered. It's amazing to me how people want God to answer their prayers, uh, but they're not interested in living a life that is pleasing to God. I'm just telling you, I pastor long enough to know that, that that people want their prayers answered, but they're not interested in pleasing God. It's like a son wants money from his dad, but he's rebellious, he's giving his dad fits, and then all he wants to do is get money out of his dad. And, and, and the dad may give him the money, but he would be like, you know, it'd be nice if he was doing some things pleasing me. It'd be nice if he'd take the garbage out every now and then. It'd be nice if he'd mow the yard. It'd be nice if you wash my big. All you do is give me a heartache and problem, but every time you turn around you want me to give you something. You know, it'd be nice this morning if we had the attitude and the spirit. God, how can I please you? I always want you to please me, but how can I please you? Everybody still with me so far? Let, let me give you some, some keys to pleasing God. Uh, look, look back in Hebrews chapter 11 quickly this morning. I, I, I love this thought. I love this thought. i got to hurry. Look at Hebrews 11. Look at verse 6. Uh, the Bible says, but without faith, it is impossible to please Him. You, you know you can please God without a great education. Now, I'm not against... Uh, uh, I had a uh, post to be here next Sunday. Uh, he may be watching now. A uh, young man I went to the Christian school with, hadn't seen him in 30 years. And, and uh, he called and called the church and gave the number. And I called him back and we talked for a little while and laughed and all that. And, uh, uh, and everything of that nature. And, and, uh, but uh, we, we was just talking uh, there on, on the phone and we were just laughing and cutting up a little bit. And he's going to uh, be here. And, and he said, Oh, he said, You're a doctor now. I saw where it said Dr. Dan Q. Carr. And I laughed. I said, that is honorary. You know, they gave me an honorary. They felt sorry for me, so they gave me that. And, uh, and he, he laughed, and I laughed. He said, well, regardless of how you got it, that's still pretty impressive. I said, well, whatever. And, uh, but you don't have to have a lot of education to please God. You don't have to have a lot of money in your account to please God. Can I get a witness there? You don't have to have good looks. Some of you are in trouble. Thank God for this message today. Okay, that was mean, wasn't it? That was mean. I'm sorry. You don't have to have good looks. You don't have to have a big house. You don't have to have a great personality. You don't have to have a lot of charisma. But I tell you what you do have to have to please God. You have to have faith. Without it, without it, you cannot please God. Isn't that an amazing thought? Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Think about that. You can have everything else, but if faith is not exercised in God, you cannot please Him. One thing, and there's other things I'm going to show you that please God, but one of these ingredients that you got to have if you're interested in pleasing God, you have to have faith. And I wondered, I thought, you know, my mind works a little different. And I thought, well, why is it that way? Because faith is a leaven field that we all could exercise. 
A, a child could exercise faith and please God. Somebody rich could exercise faith and please God. Uh, somebody poor could exercise faith and please God. Uh, somebody that's homeless could exercise faith and please God. Somebody that's got a mansion could exercise faith and please God. Somebody that's white could exercise faith and please God. Somebody black could exercise faith and please God. Somebody in China could exercise faith. God made it to where we all could please Him. Is, is that a good thought? We all can exercise faith in God. Number two, look at Romans chapter 8. You don't have to turn if you don't want. But in uh, Romans chapter number 8, listen to this verse. The Bible says in verse 8, So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. So they that are in the flesh cannot please God. I think there's two things that that means. Number one, I believe you can, you can never please God until you're saved. Because that's all you have is the flesh. Your spirit is dead. You know the Bible says the plowing of the wicked is sin. You ever thought about that? The plowing of the wicked. Uh, a lost man can never please God until he is saved. And, and he, he may be a good neighbor. He may know mow his neighbor's grass. He, he, he may bring his neighbor's groceries. Uh, he may give away money. He may do all kind of things. But you cannot please God in the flesh. Y'all looking at me funny like I just pulled that verse out of nowhere. No, it says, so then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. I also believe that not only does it mean that, but it means that you and I that live after the flesh as Christians and walk after the flesh and not in the spirit that we cannot please God. God would not be satisfied with this message no, how, no matter how pleased you are with it. No matter if you give me a five star. So that's the greatest sermon I ever heard you preach. God will not be pleased with my message if it's in the flesh. You're still with me this morning? So then that they that are in the flesh cannot, cannot please God. You still with me so far? Listen to this in Galatians chapter number 1 and, and verse number 10. Galatians chapter 1 it says, for, for do I now persuade man or God, or do I seek to please man? For if I yet please man, I should not be the servant of Christ. You and I are going to have a hard time pleasing God when we're more concerned about pleasing everybody else. I want to be a better preacher. I really genuinely do. I've worked to try to be a better preacher. I've tried to, I, I really have. And I, I've listened to great preachers and, and try to learn from them. And, and, uh, and, and, and I like all of that. I like the jokes at the right spot and the illustrations and not preach too long, not preach too short and, you know, preaching it with a good spirit and the right attitude. And, and I do like it. The flesh likes it when, I, when, when you leave and you say, that was a good message. And, and, uh, but what I like better than that is you say, that message helped me. That message made a difference in my life. But if I mount to the pulpit just to please you, I may run into a problem pleasing God. Teenagers run into this problem. We, we get concerned about pleasing everybody around us. We, we never think about pleasing God. And Paul said, hey, I, I am out not necessarily to please men. Paul said, I'm out to please God. I want to please God. You see, you see that this morning? And so uh, 
number three, when we're more concerned about uh, pleasing everybody else. And uh, I've told this story many times. Dan Jr. is going to play a little t-ball. Then he went up to the next level and the next level. And, and I told the coach, I said, we're Christians. We'll go to church Wednesday night, so on and Thursday. Uh, we're not going to never miss church for a ball game on Sunday. It never happened in this life. And uh, he said, I'll, I'll, that's fine. I don't have a problem with that. And so they went to the All-Stars. He said, we've got All-Star games on Sunday. I said, you can't play. Dan Jr. is a good ball player. I said, no, he can't do it. He said, well, he said, it's between church. I said, all right, I'll do it. I said, it's, it's don't interrupt church. I'll, I'll, I'll do it. We can, we can get it done between, uh, uh, you know, 1230 and, you know, be back at church at 6 o'clock. We can get that done. I'll let him do it. So they won. I was praying they'd lose. They won. So now they're going to have another game later that afternoon. I said, Bob, come home. We got church Sunday night. Coach didn't like it, but I told him at the very start, we don't miss church for ball. That don't happen. See, I'd rather please God than the coach. I'd rather please God than, 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 than the whole world. I hope that would be true this morning. We, we got into this state where we're more interested in pleasing everybody else, but we never think, what does God think about that? Is that pleasing to God? Do you see that? Uh, go to Hebrews. I want to show you this one maybe quickly this morning. And uh, go to Hebrews chapter number 13 and, and look at verse 16. Hebrews 13 and verse, uh, let me read 15. Uh, By him therefore let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God and continue. That is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. But to do good and co communicate forget not. Uh, for with such sacrifices God is well pleased. God is often pleased by our doing good and giving to others and being a blessing. God is pleased with that. I just gave you some things that please God. Faith pleases God. Hey, uh, walking in the Spirit pleases God. Hey, hey, be more concerned about what God thinks than everybody else. Uh, that pleases God. Uh, doing good and, and giving to others. Hey, that pleases God. Can I quickly give you my third point? Number three. Why are some people just unconcerned about pleasing God? Why does it sense to me, it feels to me that, that we're just living in a day where, you know, we're going to please the boss. That's good. We're going to please my wife. That's good. We're going to please my husband. That's good. We're going to please the pastor. That's good. We're going to please my neighbor. That's good. Uh, you know, going to please the coach. That's good. But how about us being interested in pleasing God? What happened to that? It senses to me or it feels to me a lot of people seem not really willing to go out of their way to please God. Amen. So why is that? Go back to Hebrews 11. You're right there. Should be. I'll give you these four quickly, and, and I, I need to give you the conclusion. But watch this quickly. Hebrews 11. Look at verse 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is. Some people are not interested in pleasing God because they do not believe He's real. They do not believe that he exists. Why would you be concerned about pleasing someone that doesn't exist? I don't know about you this morning, but I believe God is real. I know you think this is such a light point. Oh, preacher, we all here this morning uh, believe there's a God or we probably wouldn't be here. You would be surprised. You would be surprised that the young people today are, are struggling and asking themselves the question, is God really re real? And the answer, He is. Some are not interested in pleasing God. Why? Because they do not believe that He is real. 
God is real. Listen to this in Romans chapter 15. I told you a lot of verses and a lot of points. And in Romans chapter 15, you don't have to turn. We then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. For even Christ pleased not himself. But as it is written, the reproach of them that reproach thee fell on me. Do you hear that? We're not, as Christians, we're not here to please ourselves. We're to be living a life that's pleasing to the Father. Most people are more interested in pleasing themselves instead of pleasing God. Why is it some are not interested in pleasing God? They're interested in pleasing what? You know, pleasing themselves. I believe this with all my heart. I believe some people are not interested in pleasing God. This one, they're angry at God. It appears to me that Jonah was not interested in going to Nineveh and, and doing what God wanted him to do and, and to please God. Uh, uh, Jonah was a very angry person. And there's a lot there in, in the book of Jonah. I understand that. But you also go to the book of Ruth. And, and I believe Ruth, uh, her name, Naomi, meant sunshine. Uh, but she said, don't call me Naomi. Call me Meyer, which means bitter. I, I believe Naomi, who was a, a Christian, became bitter toward God. And I believe there's a lot of people sitting in our churches and be, you know, because of this happened in their life, and because of that happened in their life, they basically have folded their arms and said, I'm not interested in pleasing you anymore. Now you haven't did that literally. You haven't literally folded your hands and looked toward heaven and said that, but our attitude and our spirit says that. Our attitude and our spirit conveys. I'm not interested in pleasing God because I'm angry at God. God gave me a crippled son. Uh, God took my wife. God took my husband. Uh, God gave me this. God, God gave me that. And, and we get angry at God. And, and now we're not interested. Children get angry at their parents and they're not interested in pleasing their parents. A wife gets angry at her husband. She's not interested in pleasing her husband. A husband gets angry at his wife and he's not interested in pleasing her. I really believe we need a revival in our churches. Of not necessarily forgiving ourselves or forgiving others, but to say, God, I don't understand why you allow this in my life. But I just want you to know I love you anyway. Job said it this way, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. We've got a lot of people sitting in our churches who are not interested. They're not interested in pleasing God. Why? Because of their troubles, their trials, their heartaches, their problems, and things that's happened. It's just, they just It doesn't make any sense. And now they've turned God off. Can I give you this quickly? Why should I want to please God? Why, why should I want to please God? Revelation chapter 5, you don't turn. And uh, you never heard me tell you that, have you? <laughs> Revelation five twelve. I love this, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb. That was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory. And praise. You know why we ought to please God? Because He's worthy. I got three three people helping me out with that. 
Shame on you. Shame on you. Shame on me. If we don't want to please God, He is worthy. He is the Creator God. He, he saved us. He gave His Son. He went to the cross. Hey, we ought to be interested in this one. We ought to be sitting at the edge of our seat like a little bird wanting to be fed from his mother saying, you know, feed me, preacher. Help me, preacher. I want to leave here today with a life that is pleasing to God. Why? Because He's worthy. Pastor Carr's not worthy. This ain't about pleasing pastor. This is not about pleasing the church. This is about pleasing God. He is worthy to be pleased. Amen. You with me this morning? Number two, it is best for me to please God. It is best for me to please God. I believe this with all my heart. If I'm, if I'm pleasing God, it benefits me. I believe that. Number three. It gives a good testimony to others of what I think of Christ. Amen. It gives a good testimony to others of what I think of Christ when I live a life that is pleasing to Him. May I say, number four, I will have a life of less regrets. Amen. I live my life, and it comes toward the end. And to the best of my ability, try to live a life that was pleasing to God. I believe I will have less regrets. But sermons like this that I leave and I say the same and I'm not interested in, in living a life that is pleasing to God and just kind of continue to live in the life that is pleasing to me that benefits me the most and I just continue to go down that path when it should come to my time to die. I will have regrets. Because why? I did not live a life that was pleasing to God. We had Brother Reader's dad's funeral here, and a lot of people ask me, you know, what do you think they're doing in heaven right now? That's one of the biggest, I get that all the time. What do you think they're doing in heaven? What do you, and I say, normally, I really don't know. I can't tell you. I said, I think I could tell you if they rejoice in heaven when somebody gets saved. Because the Bible says there's, there's joy in the presence of the angels when a, when a sinner gets saved. When somebody whose name is written in the book of life, it is my belief that that probably goes across heaven. And people that are connected to that, probably all of heaven rejoices about that. But I believe there's a lot of Christians who died and went to heaven who are very miserable. Because see in Revelation 21 and verse 4, it says God is going to wipe away all tears. I believe there's a lot of regret, not only when they go to die, but when they get to heaven and they realize, I lived my whole life on planet earth and, and I did all what was pleasing to me, never what was pleasing to you. I don't think there's as much shouting and, and rejoicing as we think there is right now. Because I think there's a lot of regret to realize I was saved for 30 years. I saved for 40 years. I, I barely attended church faithfully. I, I, I barely gave. I barely was involved. I, I barely served God. I, I lived a life that was pleasing primarily to me. There's going to be some regrets there. Are you with me this morning? Lastly, I will be better prepared to meet God. We're all going to meet God. We're all going to face God. And so if I'm living a life that is pleasing to God, I'll be more prepared to meet Him. 
You, you ever had a, a meeting with somebody that you would call, you know, somebody famous or somebody known? Or th This is not a good illustration, but I remember one of the first meetings of that sort I had. It was a vice president of a bank, okay? And uh, I, I was in my early, early 20s. We were trying to borrow some money to, uh, to buy the little white, but we didn't even own that building at that time. We were trying to borrow money. And I remember talking to Brother Fred. He said, I know exactly who we need to talk to. So Brother Fred called and uh, this vice president of the bank, and we went up on 49. It was on your left. It was a restaurant there. Uh, I want to say Golden Corral or some, something of that sort. And uh, that's where we met for lunch. And so we had lunch. We're sitting there. And Brother Fred introduced me to the vice president of the bank there, and he said, this is Brother Carr. He's a ministry out of our church, and they want to buy this building, and he needs to borrow some money. He said, oh, we're eating and stuff. Oh, I think we could help him with that, okay? And, and they loaned us some money. You know who that man was? It's Virgil Johnson. His daughter's come to our church. His son's come to our church. I visited him just, a, uh, I say a few weeks ago, probably a month ago. I, and uh, that he wants to move his membership here, but he's not able to get out. And, uh, uh, but man, I remember I was so nervous when I, when I had that, this, that little meal. What did I do? I got prepared. I'm going to try to have my tie, match my suit, my shirt. You know, I try to be prepared for the meeting. If you're going to meet a congressman and you're going to meet a senator or the governor or the president or just whoever in your mind might would be somebody that, you know, you would kind of put, you know, high steam a little bit and uh, somebody famous, you, you know, you, you might wouldn't want to be prepared for the meeting. How about meeting the Creator God? I would recommend. I'd want to be prepared for that meeting. And what better way to be prepared than living a life that is pleasing to Him? And that when you see Him face to face, and the Bible says, for now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face, when you, when you see Him face to face, He says, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I mean, you lived a life that was pleasing to me. Now, a lot of people didn't like it. But I liked you. I was satisfied. Wouldn't that be better than the whole world saying I liked you, but God said not? Here's my question this morning. Is my life pleasing to God? Here's what I thought about. I thought this my own self. I said, God, is my life pleasing to you? I didn't hear God say anything to me, but it's like God kind of said this. Most of it. A lot of it. And then prayer, I'm thinking, okay, how about the parts that are not pleasing to God? You know what I would think in this room this morning? Most of you would say, I want to live a life pleasing to God. That's probably most of your thought. You're receiving the sermon. Your, your attitude is like, I can go with that. You know, I think that's important, pleasing God. I, I'm in for that. And, and preacher, to be honest with you, I think I'm doing a lot of things right now that is pleasing to God. How about those areas that are not? Would we be willing to address that? Would we be willing to deal with that? Would you be willing to allow God to deal with that, whatever that part is of your life that is not pleasing to Him? To say, God, would you help me in this particular area that I know? Maybe it's my attitude. Maybe whatever it might be. God, would you help me to, to have a whole life that is pleasing to you? Wouldn't that be good? 
Would that be a fair way to give an invitation? Enoch had this testimony that he pleased God. Could you think of a better thing that you could say about somebody than that? What could you say? Why could top that? That, that this person lived a life that was pleasing to God. That'd be hard to trump, I think. We all should desire that. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed this morning. Thank you for listening to today's service. We hope you join us the next time. We hold services every Sunday morning at 11 a.m., every Sunday evening at 6 p.m., and every Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. We also hold Sunday school at 9.45 a.m. May the peace of God be with you until next time. God bless. Amen and amen.